Welcome back to the Mama Inspired Podcast. Whether you're struggling to become the mama you've always known you're meant to be, or you're holding that miracle in your arms, hear me now when I tell you that you are not alone. And that on the other side of this hard, a brand new life awaits you. Hey lady, I'm Sarah Wayne Scott. I'm here to encourage a more enlightened, compassionate, and empowered mom collective. I believe that through guru guidance, stories from mamas just like you, and a whole lot of momspiration for me, we can begin to make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. So swap out the breast pad, wipe off the barf, <laughs> it's mama time. If you can't tell, I might have a little bit of a low, raspy voice. <laughs> it's early time for me. I'm going to try to record this before Miles wakes up. I have been so excited to record this episode. For one, it feels like it's been a long time since I did a solo chat with you. And also because I feel like I, I just really want to give you an update on everything going on in our lives in regards to conception. So for those of you who follow me on social media, this won't be news. And for those of you who are up to date on the podcast, this won't be news. But we are pregnant. Yes. Really, truly. We are really, really excited right now. And where I'm sitting, I, I just turned 22 weeks on Sunday. And while we are super happy right now, and we've been really excited over the last few weeks, it really did take a couple of months for, especially myself, to get out of a place of anxiety and worry and be able to sit in the excitement and the happiness of it because, you know, there's so much to be distracted by of, you know, will it stick and and kind of those early lack of symptoms. For me, I just, you know, I don't really have a lot of early symptoms. And so the lack of those sometimes I think can be a worry. So today's episode is really just a part of me sharing my journey with you and what I learned in the process about my body and and simply the truly common sense makeup of holistic health. Things that I've always really been into and loved, but when it came to fertility was kind of a newer world for me. So today I'm going to fill you in on kind of the up-to-date journey and everything that I've learned prior to now. I did a few things different. In fact, a lot of things different. And some of them were big and some of them were small, but some of them felt really big for me and caused a lot of incredible mindset shifts and really taught me a lot about myself and my body. And so before I head into it, I want to preface it all with, you know, I'm not a doctor and I am certainly do not want to leave you to think that these things I did will in fact work for you if you've experienced miscarriage of your own, or even that I'm a hundred percent certain that they were in fact the answer to our success this time around. However, the avenues I took really did open up new worlds of information for me, and I really enjoyed all I learned, which is why I want to share it with you. What I can tell you is that how these changes affected how I felt really brought to light, again, a lot of common sense conclusions around holistic health, around my body, around how all that ties into you know our fertility health, and then also just how beautiful the opportunity was once I finally took a step back to realize that I could be adaptable and it was giving me an opportunity to, again, practice releasing control. So we'll get into all of that. I suppose for those of you who are just jumping in and haven't listened to all the prior episodes, I experienced my first miscarriage in January of 20 while we were still living in Kodiak, Alaska, about a month before we made it to Florida. 
And then I experienced our second miscarriage in late June of 20. And so I, of course, when we got here, I was seeing a new, a new OB and he was really, he, he was seemingly empathetic and kind through those visits when we, you know, got the bad news, but he just didn't really have a plan forward that felt right to me. And there really was a minimal blood work plan. There really was no regard for looking at my health holistically. The plan was just to, to try suppository progesterone pretty much as soon as I got pregnant. And even though I know and knew that we can't always find an answer to our miscarriages, and I wasn't necessarily looking for an answer of why I miscarried, I felt like there needed to be maybe a deeper dive into what was going on with my body right now, what potential deficiencies or imbalances could potentially be affecting my fertility health. I I thought and felt like I was healthy, but I'm not perfect, and so I just felt like going into, you know, trying for another baby, why wouldn't I? You know, it, it just made sense to me to start exploring these things, at least before or alongside I just, you know, agreed to, to a prescribed hormone boost. So with that, I decided to try and look for somebody to help me do just that. I had been reading this book that a girlfriend was reading and recommended to me. It's called Making Babies by Simeas David and Jill Blakeway. And it says the best Western medicine combined with the yin yang of the East and the end result restored fertility and vibrant health. And so I had already kind of received an introduction to my own exploration of what my potential, I suppose, deficiencies or imbalances could be and was really eager to A, find out if I was on the right track and to learn more. And so with that information, I began kind of asking around our community. I, I had been wanting to find a, a pediatrician for Miles anyhow, and I was trying to find somebody along the lines of, you know, more holistic health for him as well, just because that's that's what I value. And so a friend referred me to a holistic pediatrician like an hour away, and I thought, I'm just going to Facebook her, <laughs> like what the heck, and just see if she has, uh, you know, somebody who has worked with with women dealing with miscarriages or infertility issues, and if she could, you know, point me in the right direction. And so she did actually get back to me really quick, which was amazing. And she referred me to a few acupuncturists, Eastern medicine doctors, in the area who had a lot of experience and success with helping patients through infertility and then helping pregnancies stick. So I reached out to them and then decided on one. And, you know, I actually had experienced some work with an acupuncturist with Miles when I was trying to flip him at that 36 to like 41 week mark. And she actually happened to be a mother of what ended up being a really good friend of mine in Kodiak. And I enjoyed my experience and I experienced the needles. However, I never went really far into anything past like moxibustion in the needles, if you know what that is. So I wasn't really fully immersed in all that this method of medicine really offers. So from the get-go, when I reached out to this, this acupuncturist, I was really, really taken aback by the communication. This guy called me and spoke to me for like 45 minutes on the phone asking me everything about my health, you know, prior lifestyle before miles, that that pregnancy, then my my lifestyle during those miscarriages. And he was really looking for changes. And he was just getting the details over the last year and drawing a lot of conclusions based on, you know, my energy, my diet, exercise, bowel movements, menstrual, all of these things. 
And it was just incredibly in-depth. And I was just so, I, I think, thankful for the time that he spent just really trying to understand me and understand my body and, you know, answering my questions. You know, I just feel like you would never really get that out of a, a Western medicine doctor in regards to time, right? Because this, the holistic medicine side of things just isn't what they are taught. Anyhow, so he suggested that I get a physical blood work panel done. And so I did and he sent it over and he reviewed it. And then we set up our first initial appointment and it was going to be about two hours long. And we spent the first 45 minutes going over kind of, again, a lot of what we reviewed in that phone call, just overall health lifestyle. And he just did a really good look over on me. He like pinched and touched my skin. We talked about sleep. We talked about bowel movements, again, activity, stress, allergens, diet, and beyond. He checked my kidney pulse and my my heart rate pulse. And then before and after acupuncture, he examined my skin and, and, and blood and, and blood pressure in my eyes and my pulse again. And he did do needles. And for those of you who are just super curious, you guys, it doesn't really hurt. It's like, it's a sensation that's kind of hard to describe. But the closest that I can come to it is like when you get your, your finger prick, you know, that it's maybe that level of pain, but probably actually a little bit less. And then it's like a light pressure when they are in. It's not bad at all. What I learned from this appointment and in the following was that I was tired. I wasn't getting the sleep that I needed. I was working out, in his terms, excessively, you know, much, much more than a normal person would be. You know, my normal hit work that I love and I have done for years was just depleting my energy. So my heart and my kidney and my blood pressure were low, which isn't crazy and typical for somebody that's pretty active or an athlete. And then we found out, you know, through the blood work that my red blood cell count, my hemoglobin, and my iron were on the low side of the spectrum. And coupled with the rest of the, the the clues around my energy really was just kind of a more of a red flag that something needed to change. We needed to make some adjustments. So this was his message to me. You know, for a normal person not trying to conceive, all of this wouldn't be too much cause for concern or for change. You know, there would be shifts in, in your body or there are shifts in your body um, and your bodily functions if you look really closely. But, you know, your goal right now is to have the energy and have to give your body what it needs to be able to, to create this baby. And he felt very confident that that potentially would have been the cause of the miscarriages. He was just trying to explain that your body needs a lot of energy to make a baby. And so I need you to conserve it. So this was my prescription. It was focus on conserving energy in every aspect, at least through the good half of the pregnancy plus. It was to bring my exercise way, way down. So no hit. He basically encouraged me to do light walks and yoga, just nothing that would cause my heart rate to accelerate or to kind of feel my heart beating in my chest. (laughs) The thing that I loved so much. (laughs) I was to sleep more and rest more and really listen to my body on days where I felt tired, you know, not to not to even walk on those days if I really felt exhausted, but just to simply rest. So the other thing that's really big with Asian culture is, you know, no cold food or uncooked foods. And here's why. Raw foods take more energy from your body to digest. So this meant I needed to change that as well. Same thing with cold drinks. If you are drinking something cold, your body actually has to bring it down to, you know, 
to, to body temperature in order or, or at least room temperature, right, in order for your body to be able to digest it well, which takes energy from your body. So this meant no salads, no cold drinks. I really love ice water. It meant no raw fruits. However, I did eat bananas. And also for my diet, he was really hoping that I was willing to move from a completely plant-based, which is what I was sitting in, to incorporating lean red meat, liver, or broth in my diet at least three times a week. This was also really hard for me at first because I had gotten to a place where I was really enjoying and I love I love eating mostly plant-based, I like the way it makes me feel, but I, of course, was willing to do anything, right? I was really willing to, to do that. And so all of that would increase my energy and help me raise my red blood cell, my hemoglobin, and my iron back up. Lastly, was really trying to reduce my allergy attacks. I've had the worst allergies since getting here. It's like once a week, once a week and a half roughly, and it's just like a day where I'm completely put out. And of course, when you're tired and then you have that on top of it, it, it just takes me out. I mean, it depletes me completely. I have, I have zero energy. He really encouraged me to try to find the source, which I have been. I just wonder if it's just Florida foliage and humidity and... So he, he encouraged me to wear a mask and gloves when I cleaned, not only for dust, but also for cleaning products, just to ensure that, you know, the biggest organ on our bodies wasn't soaking those up. You know, let fresh air in when the pollen and the allergen count are low, and of course, vice versa, when it's really high to make sure that things are closed up, and even wear a mask outside when the pollen count was high, which we should all be used to, right? <laughs> mask life. <laughs> You guys, I I loved the work that I had done with this guy and I learned so much. And again, when I when I took a step back, I realized, oh my gosh, this is like truly common sense things, but sometimes we need help putting this stuff together and seeing the clues. So he connected all the dots and it brought just so much more awareness of my of my own being. So I sat on all of this for a while. I was super pumped about it. And then I of course kind of started researching it a bit because I was eating it up. And I realized so many things that were just like, duh, Sarah, like, how did you not think of that? When you're living your life, you know, away for so long and overall you feel good day to day and you're just so adapted to your current life, it's hard to dissect or recognize where imbalance could be found or, you know, whether signs of deficiencies. So what I want to do now is I want to kind of break some of these things down I want to break down the like the duh, aha moments for the information that he gave me. I want to tell you what I was able to recognize looking back on the last couple of years. And then I want to explain from that what I learned from, from all of it. So one, I hadn't been taking into account how different my life was in conception of miles versus these last three pregnancies. For one, I was a mother now. <laughs> I wasn't living the like just, I say single life. That's not right. But single, you know, like marriage without a child. I was able to do what I wanted to do. I was able to do all the self-care. I was able to sleep. I wasn't chasing a toddler around all day. And this is not only physical, but it's also men- mentally and emotionally trying. And, you know, of course, in a beautiful way. I love it. <laughs> but, you know, my sleep was now dictated by Miles. And there was many nights that were interrupted by wake-ups or call-outs or bad dreams, etc. Life before kids means all the energy. And there were signs that I was tired, but it had just become a part of life that I adapted to. Honestly, I had way more headaches than I should have. 
And I push past any mental signals or feelings of exhaustion. You know, lack of sleep, bad allergy days, or the pure desire of my body just wanting to take a rest. I push through that because that was the world that I was in. I loved to I loved to work out hardcore. I loved, I was a go-getter, you know, I was working, all of these things. And so I had the energy then to push past those and not feel the effects of it. Two, I was now exercising just as I had been my entire life on top of being a mother and on top of trying to get pregnant again. So again, for a normal person not trying to conceive, maybe not the biggest deal, still lessons to be learned. But for someone trying to make and grow a baby, I was just further depleting my energy. And I look back at my workouts and even though I love them, you know, I felt like overall they had given me energy. I do end my HIIT workouts pretty depleted and pretty exhausted. Like there's no way, like I give it everything I have. I have nothing else left physically to to really push for. And I thought about my thought process here. You know, I believe we all just accept that mother motherhood life is exhausting and will always just be tired. So when it came to my high-intensity workout preferences, I just pushed through the tired. If I was dragging, you know, it was a mental block that I was to overcome, right? I was just to get it done. Not to mention that I really loved the work and I was just kind of addicted to it. So it was easy for me to not even think or consider how exhausted or tired I was or would be when I was done and what I would have left, but really I wasn't considering what that would need for my body. Three, I had changed my diet without seeing it. (laughs) While I ate pretty heavily plant-based before Miles, before we conceived him, before I was pregnant, we were living in Alaska where, you know, we were eating salmon and venison and other game that we had, of course, gathered ourselves or that had been given to us by friends. And it was all, of course, just really amazing quality meat, like hormone-free. I'd also been eating balanced amounts of dairy, milk and cheese and cottage cheese, things that I completely cut out with the last few pregnancies and these miscarriages. There was no need, you know, during that time to ensure that I was getting all of the iron and nutrients offered, you know, by these animal products that I was eating. I wasn't having to make up for anything. And then four, my mental and emotional stress Though not really discussed with my Eastern medicine doctor, it needed to be addressed. And this is just something that I knew, right? I had been battling the anxiety and the worry already very early in the pregnancy. And I knew that I needed to get a handle on it and that all of that would affect, you know, my womb health. (laughs) I know that the energy suck of being anxious and depleted, out of control and obsessive with, you know, what was affecting me. And I really truly wanted to conserve my energy and aim for overall health. So I knew I would need to, to surrender and to refocus. And this meant, you know, chilling out the Googling. It meant releasing responsibility over everything that was essentially out of my control and, and you know, quiet, quiet the predictions that I was constantly running through my head about these lack of symptoms or, you know, changes my hormone levels. And then find a way to redirect my energy in a positive way that would allow me to soften the blow of another loss if that were to be what was to come and to, you know, nurture my mind and my body and my soul and invite peace to my womb. And so from all of that, this is what I learned. So I took that information. I took my my prescription from the Eastern medicine doctor. And this is what I learned from those changes and the the work that it took to accept and follow the new prescription and to to really kind of be at peace with it. 
So I learned that previously I really just wasn't tuned into my body, even though I thought I was. You know, I had just come from a health coaching world and it was all motivational talk, but I didn't lack motivation, right? I would push past any inner talk, body or mind, that I wasn't in it that day or that I needed a break. And so I had to shift this mindset. I had to seriously look myself over and listen to how I was feeling mentally and physically. And the first trimester is truly the best time to practice this because the fatigue is real, right? I spent, you know, a lot of days. And so on those days where I was toast, mentally foggy, slow moving, out of breath, I truly rested. The hardest part here was accepting changes that might come to my body after such a change in my workout routines. I have always had a fear of being fat. Genetically, it's a factor, and I have my own struggles with food. And, you know, when I'm tired or emotionally drained, which like pregnancy is in the first 13 weeks, you know, it's even more challenging. So I had to shift my mindset from, you know, the guilt of not working out as I had to reminding myself that the changes in my body would be good for my baby. And that I didn't need to be lean, fit, and strong, but I needed to be healthy. And I learned this was something that I could accept and live with over time. I also kept telling myself that it would be temporary, you know, that I wouldn't always have to live this way, right? I would eventually be able to get back to the hit workouts that I loved. I would eventually be able to focus on on restrengthening my body, um, you know, in the way that I was used to at, at some point when the time was right. It, it, this wouldn't be forever. And, you know, changes did come. And in fact, I'm, I'm a bit softer <laughs> than I was in my first pregnancy. And I won't say that every day I feel really good about it because it's always a work in progress, right? But the majority of the days I can look at my body lovingly and be thankful that it's working so hard and succeeding at growing this little being that we've been dreaming up for so long. The second thing I learned was that I am adaptable. Holy cow. I can be inspired by trying new things. I can learn to enjoy, I can learn to enjoy even love new styles of workouts and I will always be able to go back to whatever I loved before at some point at some capacity, right? These changes again, they're temporary, but these changes open up new interests and expand my horizons a bit. By this, I'm referring to like my preconception workout style, addiction to hit. When I was recommended to give it up by this doctor to try something new, I kind of panicked internally <laughs> and thought, what else is going to make me feel this way? What else can I, what, what else will fill this gap? So while I did abide by bringing my activity level way, way down, I still moved in, in some way most days. You know, whether that was cleaning or yard work or swimming in our community pool, it all counted in my head. And I actually learned that I truly loved, you're going to laugh at me, I truly loved raking. (laughs) I know it sounds ridiculous, but it just feels so productive. And I also get a really great workout in. You guys, I'm I'm pooped by the time I'm done. Especially, right? It's especially exhausting for a prego. But this change just kind of nudged me and forced me to find new forms and styles of workouts that I enjoyed. And, you know, I really began to love bar, which is something that I, of course, did occasionally before I got pregnant. And I had started mixing in with a little bit with my hit, but I never really allowed myself to enjoy it. I didn't do it long enough to, I suppose, reap the full benefits. I didn't do it long enough to allow my body to get used to that type of work and enjoy it versus just thinking in my head, oh my gosh, this sucks. <laughs> this is so hard and this sucks. It was a new challenge that I was able to fall in love with. So now I have this whole new workout style that 
I really, really enjoy and I am so much more understanding of the true benefits that it brings to my body. And I also see that it can get me just as strong in a different way, right? It's building a little bit different muscle. It's building building leaner muscle than it was when I was doing a lot of my strength and like my hit work. So three, what I learned was that what worked for me in life outside of conception you know, wasn't really the best case scenario for me now while I was attempting to grow this baby. It brought all of those off-kilter things, those imbalances really to light and and just reminded me that what I was doing before wasn't going to work with the scenario that I was in now. And while this wasn't a new concept for me, holistic health, it was th- this experience and these changes were a reminder that fertility, like any other corner of health, is health and that it must and it should be looked at holistically. Every imbalance, every deficiency, every off-kilter function, even the slightest, causes a ripple effect and it's all connected in some way. Fertility health is not just hormones. It's not just organs that are abnormal or not operating correctly and it's not just physical. The, the mental piece of that is just as important. You know, when we're faced with health issues, it's so easy for us to get so sucked into the medical world, the Western medical world of treating. And I really believe that we should try to approach much of our issues with trying to understand what the underlying cause of these issues are. It's, it's a reminder that there should be a, a marriage between Eastern medicine or holistic holistic health and Western medicine um, together because they can complement each other in, in most cases. And four, this is the last thing I learned. This was really a perfect time for me to truly begin to understand how to nurture myself. So like every day I assessed my energy levels and how my body felt. You know, I gave myself a look over, was deciding my activity level for the day. I was also gauging what I needed to redirect the anxiety or any other sources of overwhelm or stress that I was facing you know, how I was going to redirect that. And I know we've covered some similar concepts in the past in our self-care episodes. And I want to tell you that I've recently been swapping out the term self-care with nurture or nurturing. For me, it feels more encompassing as, you know, we are mothers, we're nurturers. And it's such a beautiful word that serves as a reminder that the I, that we mamas also need nurturing. Not to mention, as we've discussed before, there just seems to be such a confusion about what self-care actually means. And so it just feels like a word that's more inviting to me and more appropriate. So after moving to Florida, you know, our home has been a revolving door of guests. I love it, but it just takes a lot out of me. And our life just seems to always be in and out of transitions or changes in our routine. So all of those factors, along with mothering a toddler, some fertility struggles, and actually being, you know, of course now pregnant, there was and there is still always a daily need for me to be aware of how I can nurture myself, you know, so I can stay ahead, so I can conserve my energy mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And so how this has looked for me has been taking breaks from social media, taking more honest breaks from social media, and feeling totally at peace about it. It's meant that I've instituted more mommy and me days with Miles, specifically out of the house where I'm not distracted by kind of the needs of home life. It's meant that, you know, like last week, how I skipped an episode, I didn't drop one. It means there's going to be a few of those. And obviously, I don't want to make a habit of it, but it's going to be required at times. It's meant that I, you know, have totally just been fessing up to my emotions on those days where I don't feel okay, where my hormones are crazy or I'm frustrated. 
And it's, it, it's me allowing myself to release the tension of trying to restrain any of it. It's meant, you know, abandoning routines and schedules with Miles, like not feeling trapped or the guilt of getting him down by a certain time or, you know, sometimes it's been later naps or sometimes it's been no naps and it's just been more cuddles and shorter naps, late dinners, etc. While again, these aren't things that I want to make a crazy habit of, they're things that on those days, you know, give me a little reprieve at times or take the pressure off at times and... And then also, you know, really refocusing on information that I was taking in. So really making sure that I am was chilling out my my crime fiction, you know, listening to more birth stories, more things that light me up, more more things that kind of help me grow and, and nourish me and, and educate me. So, you know, birth stories, education on birth, my body. There's been a lot more showers and bath times with Miles, which is kind of like our little special time. There's more Netflix nap nap times over uh, over work blocks. So instead of coming in and recording an episode or editing, there have been a few days where I've just thought, I need, my mind needs a mental break. I'm just going to watch something that I can just tune out to and relax. There's been a lot more phone calls with loved ones and a lot more openness about my feelings, even though I feel like I've always been an open person. I've just really spoken my fears and my worries and my anxieties and given the opportunity for the people that I love most to listen and help me through in the way that they know how. And there were also a lot more silent kind of internal affirmations reminding myself that I cannot control what is out of my hands. I can only control my now and how I spend these moments. And so all of these things that I've recognized turned into all of these things that I've worked on and that I learned about. And it took a few months, honestly, for me to settle my mind and get comfortable in the uncomfortable. Understandably, after week seven, right, because we hadn't made it that far in the last two pregnancies, I had a little bit of peace. And then after hitting week 13, first trimester, I felt noticeably more peace, less interruptions in my mind and more excitement about what was coming. And so today, sitting at 22 and some weeks, I'm mainly serene in thoughts of pregnancy. I finally allowed myself to think more about the future, to invest more in this third trimester, you know, allow myself to dream and and bring up hopes for my birth and envisioning life with, with baby two. You know, and milestones along the way have helped those first quickenings, the first kicks, the beautiful heartbeat tones, and of course my growing belly. And of course, I still grapple with my body on days. I still have moments when I think, you know, maybe my worst fears are coming true and I still wonder if I should allow myself to fully invest in my baby and my dream. And what I've learned is that I have to be okay with those moments and to give myself grace because I can't be able to fix it all the time. To remember that I can't see into the future and that what happens as scary as it is at times is really, really out of my, it's, it's truly out of my hands. And that again, that means I have an opportunity right now to just make the most of what life is throwing at me, good or bad, you know, easy or hard. It's an opportunity to, I think, see the struggles and the curveballs and the changes, right? These big changes, these small changes that I've that I've had to make, see them, you know, as opportunities for new ways of thinking and understanding and living, you know, the day to day. Um, you know, it's those changes that interrupt that interrupt our set habits and our routines, our ways of thinking. And 
overall, I feel like it's given me an opportunity to learn so much more about myself and every aspect of being, right? I've been able to really, I think, assess more of like what I enjoy and what I thought that I needed or what was going to make me feel alive, right? I was able to expand more and and kind of cue reminders of really what makes me happy and what interested me. You know, I had all these new interests. I, I kind of opened up this new world that I am kind of eating up and really enjoying and love talking about and here now and, and really had this desire to share. It's allowed me to realize just how capable and adaptable that I am. And it reminds me just, you know, how our body truly reacts to new routines and how how easily sometimes we can take those on, how dietary changes, you know, if you're doing it consciously and you're you're paying attention to your body consciously, you know, feeling the differences and seeing what it really means to thrive, right? Small changes can can make big changes. And it's a reminder that life will require changes from us because we are always experiencing change, right? Nothing ever stays the same. The world around us is changing. Therefore, our lives will change in some way, shape, or form. You know, events in our, in, in our life with our family, with our friends, all of everything causes changes. If you're, if you're trying to have a baby, if you have a baby, if you have a growing family, you experience changes. As your children grow older, you experience changes. And so it's just a reminder that there's always going to be a new, there's always going to be a new challenge, right? After you get done with this one, there's going to be another one on, you know, on the upcoming. So if nothing else from all of this today, I, I hope you just walk away with an invitation to explore more maybe and to seek a new perspective, to, to spark interest within a change or a challenge that you're currently facing, whether it's conception or pregnancy or, you know, motherhood or other aspects of your wellness. I also hope that it encourages you to just see the importance of, of right now. And with that, I want to tell you to stay tuned for the episode coming next week. I had the pleasure of talking with Samantha Kelgren, a wellness coach, on how we can find happiness right now and, and how we make peace with what's you know truly out of our control. It's going to be a beautiful marriage with this episode. Samantha's had her own fertility struggles and she has found a way to to really live in the now and to make peace or to be totally comfortable in the uncomfortable if that's what what needs to be, you know, that it's okay not to be okay. So I encourage you to check in on that next week. Until then, you guys, I love you all so, so much. I hope you enjoyed today. I hope that it gave you some inspiration and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Talk to you soon. Mwah. mamas before you peace out. If what you just heard inspired you, made you feel like you've got a new BFF, or simply reminded you of another mama, please share this episode or the podcast and be sure to tag me if you share it on social. My hope is to touch as many of you as possible and drive this mama-led movement. If you're with me, and I know that you are, please take a minute and leave a review. Hearing from you makes my heart so happy and your review could encourage another mama in need to hop on this journey with us. So let's make a pact. I'll bring the fire and in return, you help me strengthen our mama collective so we may together make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. Let's get it, mama.